I'm Rosa Mendez and I'm here at the number one Long Island broadcast, Monty Ferro. I have the best time ever! Hey, listen, Daddy. You're listening to the number one broadcast, Monty and Farrell, Daddy, in Long Island. The best pro wrestling broadcast of all time, I think. <laughs> Jimmy, I got to tell you, man, it feels good to be back on YouTube. It was uh, quite disappointing what happened to us, but we bounced back pretty fairly quickly. Well, what, what else would we do? We're almost at 5,000 subscribers. Well, speaking of that, man... Yeah. We need more members. Okay. What do you think we need to do to get the people of those 5,000 subscribers to come on and, and join the team as a Monty Nefaro member? Nudity is out of the question. Any other ideas? <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> I, I don't know. But what I, I do have a few ideas. Well, just like Prell, they should tell two friends, and they can tell two friends, and so on and so on. Hit the like, hit the subscribe. Check out all our content. But that's you know what? That's why you're you're the star of the show because guess what? Members get special content. Even we spoke about it. Farrell came to me one day and he goes, Man, what's the deal? I can't even watch some of these videos because I'm not a member. And I said, There you go, Farrell. You gotta be a member because this is what the members get. They get free content nice. that none of the other fans that watch this show get. That's right. You get Free autographs from some of these wonderful stars that come in, right? Nice. All you do is you go to the MNP webpage, or, right, our own page, yeah. and shoot us an email and say, hey, man, I want a picture of Tommy Rich. I want a picture of whatever. And, boy, that's we on its way. We give them their choice. That's right. We rock. We do rock. And you need to rock, too. Join. Do you treat your dog as part of the family? <laughs> well, so do we. So why not celebrate your pup's birthday with the ultimate party box? Check us out on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Party Pup Info, and let us make your pup's party or any celebration perfection. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another edition of The After Show, found here only on the Monty and the Pharaoh channels, every Thursday after the Monty and the Pharaoh show. So how was everybody's wrestling week? Mine, yeah, it was it was okay. I gotta say, I didn't necessarily enjoy the WWE shows this week, but they're doing what the what they're supposed to do. I've realized that WrestleMania isn't necessarily about the diehard fans; it's more about getting wrestling exposed to the mainstream audience. I have to accept that, but I wish there were a little bit more going on with storylines and stuff like that. But uh, we'll take that. We'll take what we get. So, first thing I gotta do is send a special thanks out to my friends. Jimmy Farrell and Michael Monty, and thank them for letting me host the show on their network. Monty and the Farrell can be found every Thursday night live on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch at 9 p.m. And they also stream on Spotify, Anchor, Apple Music, Speaker. Oh, there's a bunch of them. They're, they're on, they're everywhere right now. And guess what? Everywhere you can find Monty and the Farrell, you can also find the after show. So, so this week, what am I going to do? I'm going to talk a little bit about Raw and SmackDown and the lead up to WrestleMania. Then I'm going to go over the WrestleMania card, where it stands as of now, and you know, kind of what to expect in, in the next couple of weeks going up to it, and uh, you know, a couple of my my hate to say predictions on what's going to happen. 
And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to go over another magazine from the nine from the eighties. This one is from February, 1989. And who's on the cover? It's the brain busters, Tully and Arn Anderson recently moving to the WWF after leaving the NWA. So this was the breakup of the first breakup of the original four horsemen. It's pretty cool. It, it was, it's fun to, uh, to relive some of these historic moments. So on that note, let's let's start talking about the the show the WWE shows this week and kind of what I what I thought of them. Well, one of the things I got to say is the bloodline the bloodline angle is good. I'm not going to say it's bad. However, it is over dominating WWE programming and it's showing leading up into WrestleMania with the lack of other storylines. We'll get into that a little bit more when we go into when I talk about WrestleMania, but uh, you'll you'll see what I mean. So we opened up with Sami Zayn, Cody Rose, and uh, and uh, uh, Kevin Owens in the ring, talking with Cody trying to be a, a mediator between between them. It was okay. It ended up with Owens storming out. Whatever. It was it was good. It, it's moving this storyline along, and it is entertaining. The, <laughs> Kevin Owens ends up leaving in a, in a car. It kind of leaves you hanging. However, you could kind of predict what's going to happen later on. You know, then we, we had a Judgment Day, a different version of Judgment Day against a different version of uh, Legado del Fantasma. Um, we, one of the things I got to say is Rhea and Escobar in the ring together was kind of weird because you really saw Rhea, Rhea dwarfs him. I don't think he, I mean, he's in that same boat as Gargano. I think we might want to go back and explore a lightweight division again because some of these guys just they're they're not convincing against some of the bigger competitors that that are out there nowadays. You know, there's only one Rey Mysterio that can be in the ring with 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 the Giants, and um, <laughs> you know, unfortunately, he's uh, he's on the other the other side of his career. <clears throat> so, yeah, well, well, that was the point of that match that uh, the. Uh, Judgment Day match was to further that that storyline along with the with Mysterio. Um, can we just make that match already? It Dominic against Ray. Let's go. Not the whining, the crying. Ray's coming across so weak right now with it. I don't want to face my son. I don't want to face you, my, my kin. I did my best as a daddy. <laughs> Whatever. So the next thing that was announced was the fatal four way match for. The, for WrestleMania, one for the fatal four-way tag team match for the men and for the women. I'm going to talk about my opinion on that a little bit more when I talk about WrestleMania. But uh, the first qualifying team for the women's division was, or for the women were uh, uh, Raquel Rodriguez and Liv Morgan. It was an okay match. Uh, they fought uh, Tegan Knox and uh, who was it? Emma. Emma, that's... It was it was a match, not bad, not good. It was just a a match to put a match on SummerSlam or WrestleMania. What did we have next? Oh, we had Charlotte and coming out and cutting the promo on Rhea. Yeah, I mean, we we already know that match is going to happen. <laughs> that time could have been used for something else. Not a bad promo or anything, but what it just we already know that match is happening. Can we move some of these other storylines along? You know, maybe have storylines going into some of the matches. Um, you know, LA Knight against Xavier Woods. Decent match. I, 
in watching LA Knight getting frustrated is kind of amusing with him keep as he keeps on losing. Uh, the 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 Ray mystique, him calling Ray a deadbeat dad was was definitely definitely amusing, um, and I, I enjoyed that. I don't know how what you guys thought of it. You know, leave a message in the comments and let me know. So th this next match was a waste of time. They could have just made this match last week again and and used it to further a different storyline. You had Sheamus and Drew uh, battling and getting. It's a double disqualification because of the Imperium interfering. That was dumb. We could have just had settled this last week. If you're going to make a fatal, uh, or, uh, yeah, triple threat match, you had the perfect opportunity last week, but instead you just strung it along to do it one more week. Why? That was kind of dumb. But whatever. You know, I, I'm not booking it. I would have booked it a different way. Yeah. So I, uh, whatever. So, next we have finally got the we got the Sammy uh, confronting Jay. Wow, that was uh, that was interesting. And gee, big surprise! Who comes out to save the day and and hug? Kevin Owens. Ooh, then we flash to the back and we've got a smiling Cody Rhodes. Okay, all right. Now we know where that's going to lead on Raw, don't we? And now that we who already passed Raw, we know where it led there really wasn't much that happened outside of them announcing the, the uh, fatal four-way tag team matches, really nothing, no angles were pushed farther. Nothing was really done. Um, I, I, I guess putting the, the Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn thing, we, we knew it was coming. It just, it's a little predictable. I think that they could have done something different with those guys and not done the, the tag, the, what ends up being the tag team match we find out on Monday. Um, but, uh, well, listen, at this point, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back and we're going to go over a SmackDown pretty quickly. And then, uh, later on, we're going to get into WrestleMania and then inside wrestling magazine from 1989. We'll see you in a minute. Jimmy, I got to take a dump. What? No, I mean, I need a dumpster. <sighs> well, for all those needs, you need to call Big V Dumpster Rental, Long Island, New York, 631-900-DUMP. Hmm. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the After Show, found here only on the Monty and the Faro channels. Well, we just went over SmackDown in the last segment, and how do you think Raw fared against SmackDown? I'm going to say it was about the same mixed bag. We started off with, gee, Sammy and Owens in the ring again, just like SmackDown. And it was 100% cheese. And what did it do? It just led up to the match being made between the Usos and Zane and Owens. We knew that was coming. It was pretty obvious. Next, we had uh, Theory and Montez Ford. That's a future main event match. I think everybody knows those two have tremendous potential together. I really, I, I did enjoy it. I think that uh, those two are two, two superstars of the future. Then we got into more bloodline stuff with Jay and the tribal chief talking in the back. Then we had got into almost an Ali. Mustafa Ali. Why bother? We know almost as a monster. We didn't just we didn't need 
confirmation and him crushing Ali that quickly, but it is what it is. I did enjoy in the next segment where you had Miz and Paul interact in the back and how Logan keeps blowing off the Miz as, you know, Miz wanting to be that A-level superstar and Logan Paul being like, yeah, whatever, get to the side, buddy. Um, next, we had that the Logan Paul came out and did his little impulsive thing. I'm not sure who the guest was supposed to be. I don't know if it was supposed to be Seth Rollins or if Seth Rollins just came out and prevented impulsive from going through. They really kind of left that hanging a little bit. I am very much looking forward to that match, though. Logan, for his lack of experience. Just tears it up, and Seth Rollins always, always tears it up. So this should be fun. That's definitely going to be one of the highlights of WrestleMania. So, oh, next we got Rey Mysterio against uh, Johnny Gargano. Mysterio wins. More about the Rey and uh, Dominic drama. I'm tired of it again. Make the match. Make the match. Uh, the Rhea Bailey thing was was interesting. I did it. I I didn't think Rhea needed to come out and make a promo. However, I did enjoy the uh, interaction between uh, Becky, Lita, and Trish coming out with the popcorn, and yeah, that was that was pretty funny. So th- then we got another another match there. We had Ricochet against Gable. Whatever. I'm going to say that's my uh, whatever next. I, I enjoy Chad Gable. I just really didn't enjoy that. <laughs> next, we had uh, Bianca and Asuka against Carmella and Piper Nevin. <laughs> you knew who was going to win the match from the start. The part I did like was when Asuka turned on Bianca at the end and cleaned house. I think Asuka's going to walk away with it. Well, um, talk about that later but yeah i do think oscar's gonna walk away with the title and she deserves it not that bianca couldn't be a champion for longer i just think it's gonna be it's gonna change hands at that point oh then we finalize with another cody roman with a coat with another bloodline angle with the cody with cody confronting uh roman and then sokoa getting held back and Okay, well, listen, we know that that match is happening. The Bloodline dominated TV this week. They were in, out of the five hours of WWE programming on main, on main, uh, on mainstream TV, I would say they dominated an hour and a half of it. So they really better, that, that those matches better really, really bring down the house come WrestleMania because the, the amount of effort they've put into them uh, they they really neglected a lot of the, the rest of the card, so at that point, so now why don't we uh, why don't we talk about that the rest of the card WrestleMania. So WrestleMania right now it looks like we have a, we we have like twelve matches and two more that are gonna be made. I, I'm not a fan of the way some of them were done. You know, obviously we have Roman and Cody. That's gonna be awesome. My. I, I think there's still some type of swerve coming. I do not think Cody is walking out with these titles. I, I think Roman's going to hold on to them and he's going to complete that thousand days and they're going to have a big celebration about that in a couple months. Rhea and Charlotte's going to be an awesome main event on that first night. Uh, 
Usos, Zayn, and Owens. Again, I think there's, there's some swerve coming. I don't think the Usos are going to lose the titles. I don't, I don't think it's happening. Uh, Rhea, I do think that Rhea is going to walk away with the championship. Uh, Bianca, Asuka, I, I think that Asuka deserves the, the title. I think that those girls are going to tear down the house. I'm really, I'm, I'm looking forward to some of these women's matches more than the, the men's matches, with the exception of, with the exception of one. Uh, oh, Brock and Omos. Let's talk about that. I think that's going to be more entertaining than uh, I originally thought. At first, their interaction last week with that botch interview, I was like, eh. But now I really think that they're going to do something special and different. Those guys are going to work together. Brock's a, a smart guy when it comes to in-ring, and I think they realize that they have something special with with almost. So I, I can't wait for that. Rollins, Rollins and Paul, Seth, Seth and Logan are going to be awesome. I think that, uh, well, I'm pretty sure that Rollins is going to go over in that match. Uh, Theory Cena. I obviously you can't take the title off of of theory and put it on a guy who's going to be wrestling this time and probably not again for the foreseeable future as he's got a lot of obligations over in Hollywood with the peacemaker and a bunch of movie projects coming up. So, but again, look, look for a passing of the torch in that match. Becky Lita and Trish against the damage control. I'm not sure why we have this match. Becky and Lita should just be defending their titles. Not that I'm not happy to have Trish. I very, very, very happy to have Trish involved in WrestleMania, but I just don't see the point in not defending the titles on the biggest stage of wrestling on the year. Gunther, Sheamus, and Drew. Okay, I think I think that those guys are going to put on one hell of a show for it. If I had to choose three guys to go into a triple threat, those probably would be the ones because they're going to beat the hell out of each other. And it's going to be believable when one of them is outside of the ring because they'll have probably taken some ridiculous shot. So one of the as a, one of my complaints is with triple threats and fatal four ways and all those matches is people take the lightest bump and disappear out of the ring for so many minutes so the other guys can get their spots. And then it's just so unrealistic and dumb. And I don't don't usually enjoy him, but I think that these guys are going to put on a good show. So, so the next three are the the ones I don't really care about too much. Edge and Balor in a hell in the cell. Do not care. I do not care. I don't want to see Edge wrestle anymore. I want to see him retire. Then you have the fatal four-way tag team matches. What a stupid thing to make up two weeks before WrestleMania because you realize that half of your roster doesn't have a storyline leading into WrestleMania. Well, you should have thought of that back at the Royal Rumble. Come on, guys. Duh. So now we're going to have 16 people standing around a ring doing nothing. Whoa. I, I don't get it. I do not understand. Don't. The, what a stupid concept. Uh, we have the first two contestants uh, in the women's side, which are Liv and Raquel Rodriguez. I, and then uh, on the men's side, you have Strowman and Ricochet, the Street Profits, Alpha Academy, and the Viking Raiders. 
some awesome teams. We could have just had two great tag team, men's tag team matches and maybe a couple of women's tag team matches. Whatever. It would have been better than these fatal four-way stupid things. I really don't want to see. So you're going to have two people in the ring while 14 are pretending to be hurt outside. You did this just to get the people on the show when you could have written a storyline to get them on through the show instead of throwing it together at the last minute. This is stupid. It's poor booking, WWE. Poor booking. You waste hours and hours of your time on one storyline when you can promote several. So the last two matches that we're going to see on the night are going to be uh, Dominic Mysterio and Ray Mysterio against Ray Mysterio and then Wyatt and Lashley. I don't care about Wyatt and Lashley. That's going to be probably be the Cinnamon Toast Crunch sponsored match, and they're going to wrestle in a milk bowl. I don't know. Don't care. That's that's stupid. And Cinnamon Toast Crunch sponsoring a match is a stupid concept, too. Dominic Ray. You've made Ray seem so weak, so you have to put Dominic over anyway. And, and honestly, how could you not put him over his father? He's twice the size of him. He's the future. Ray's on his way out. Ray should be booked as a special attraction now. Um, I think this is going to be put him into his retirement. I am excited to see what, they, what they're what they going to do at the night before at the Hall of Fame because having a gimmick going into the Hall of Fame is something that we haven't had before. I think that's going to be pretty cool. So, well, listen, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to have the, the fun part of our, our show. And we're going to talk about this Re Inside Wrestling Magazine from 1989 with the Brain Busters on the cover. We'll be right back. Sir? Ah. Manscaped? Uh-huh. Uh, you know, have you tried the new equipment that's been sent? I'm afraid because it says Weed Whacker. <laughs> I'm scared. Maven, Manscaped, what are you thinking about Love Manscaped, it. dude? Love it. What do you use it for? Necessity. What? What don't I use it for? Put it this way. The only hair I have on my entire body is these eyebrows yeah. that oh. you see. These wow. caterpillars racing to the middle of my nose. That's it. That is it. That's all, that's all I have. And that's all I want. That's the so pain. Manscaped is you, a must. We were talking before the show. There's nothing worse than just hair. Yeah. Right? Hair on a woman, hair on a man. It's just bad. Absolutely. And it's the one thing that the older I get, it starts growing more in unwanted areas absolutely i hate it i'm gonna ask you a question uh -oh. just gonna go out there oh boy go for it you're doing a deed yes again i don't <laughs> want you to have to admit this because we as men we try not to admit this but if you're gonna uh, go do a deed he, on a woman I know would you rather have her be hairless or a little hair racing stripe or <laughs> racing stripe. full retro bush <laughs> racing well, stripe. retro bush is out yes thank you retro bush is out yeah um i don't mind a small, well-manicured landing strip. <laughs> Every now and then, if it's completely, and I'm talking like baby's ass bald, mm. then I, I start, where is that pedophilia line? That I'm, that I'm, I don't, I don't wow. want to wander into that. Never That's very interesting. Like that. I never thought about wow. that. You're a smart dude. Holy yeah. shit. So if the landing strip is clean enough for the plane to go in smoothly, you're cool with that. If the landing strip is... Has like I said, well manicured. Yeah, you yeah. can see both sides. It's not like blinking lights on both I, sides of that. Plane? I just don't. I don't want. <laughs> you know, I don't want the shrubbery going off into yeah. unwanted areas on that. Gotcha. As well. Oh, yeah, look but, what you found. Ooh. I got to be all honest gotcha. though. Hey, the, ah. the, the older I get though, I don't. I think I don't think I can be as. Uh, I, I found I, it. I found have it. Have you ever gone down there and like just like you, she slowly brings down the underwear? Then what is? 
Retro. Just Absolutely. Retro? You're like, whoa. Wow. Yeah, like a like it pops out? Do you like walk out or what do you do? No, I, try, I muster through. I muster up the <laughs> courage to get He's a trooper. Yeah. He's a trooper. <laughs> got to give him an yeah, not all Not all heroes wear capes. Yeah, I, there you no, go. I, I, <laughs> listen, <laughs> I couldn't say I couldn't Super say it. <laughs> well, if you have the same beliefs as Maven does, Manscaped could help you. Absolutely. The weed whacker. Absolutely. What are you thinking? I'm thinking that I may have to, like, you know, go in a room, close the door, and hang out with the weed whacker for a little while. Yeah, I think you're a retro guy, aren't you? I like 70s adult films, if that's what you're getting at. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, but with that, Ron we're going to take a quick Batman. commercial break, and we'll be back with this wrestling icon, Maven. We will see you in a dropkick second. Uh -oh. Dropkicks. And Nitro's Garage, for all your automotive needs, call 646-675-2349. That's 646-675-2349. For all your automotive needs, Nitro's Garage, ask for Jack. The Monty and the Pharaoh Show is brought to you by... Because wine is your second favorite four-letter word. California wine, New York attitude, good fucking wine. Yeah. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the after show found here only on the Monty and the Faro channels. So now that we're done complaining about Raw and SmackDown, I know, guys, I'm sorry to complain about them, but I just think the writing's been poor. Outside of the bloodline angle, maybe the Rhea angle. It just seems very, very lazy and doesn't seem like we have much going forward. I do like the Otis uh, 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 male model angle, but that's kind of, I think we're going to see that pushed a little further at WrestleMania. I don't know. I just, I, I it seems a little lazy right now, but you know, let's get into something fun. And that's uh, magazines from the past. I love these old school wrestling magazines. And if you guys get a chance, pick some up online. They're fun to read about some of the, the history. Or, or you can actually, I think a lot of them, you can actually just find them as PDFs online nowadays. But uh, yeah, I, I like having it in my hand. So a couple of the cool things you have the WWE action figures from, I believe this was the third series with the white shirt Hulk Hogan. And then. On the front cover, you have the Brain Busters and a couple of articles that we're going to talk about. You have Tully and Arn Anderson on the front cover, and uh, it's a special analysis by their former manager, J.J. Dillon. We'll talk about that in a few minutes. Uh, Jerry Lawler's warning to Inside Wrestling that he's going to sue them if he loses his title to uh, to rugged Ronnie Garvin. So uh, then they, oh, uh, let's see what else. Oh, that's oh, that's right. Because uh, Jerry had just he had just unified the AWA and WCCW titles. So we'll talk about that again. That's in the at the at the end of this magazine. So first thing when I open this up, they have a really cool advertisement for WWF for a championship belts and for watches. It's pretty pretty funny. And then another something for the AWA. We then we get into the, the contents page. So a lot of a lot of cool stuff in there. Uh, the fan notes. Pretty pretty funny reading about what people used to write in when they in the days of kayfabe. Uh, then you get into the editor's notebook. One of the the funny things is they back in the, these days wrestling was real. So you had Jerry Lawler was threatening to sue Inside Wrestling for breaking the news that he had had a broken hand, and uh, if he if he loses his title to Ronnie Garvin. 
he's going to sue inside wrestling for you know breaking the breaking that uh breaking that news so that that's pretty funny um so one of one of the uh fun fun uh, articles in here is called on the road oh oh that was what it, let's where was that let's, uh i had a note here for talking about kurt Hedding. So one of the quotes here was funny. Listen to this. It says, Lawler, since winning the world title from anything but perfect, Kurt Henning has greatly expanded his the boundaries of his title. So at that point, as we know, Kurt Henning had moved over to WWF and had become Mr. Perfect at this time. So they took a, a subtle shot on him at, at that. That's pretty cool. I, I wanted to read this. So you had the article on the road with Craig Peters. I don't think Craig Peters was a real person, but back then all they had all these editors and writers, and I think they were all Bill after. So I, I just want to read this one part. It, it's about Hulk Hogan's helmet. If you haven't seen the picture, I'm going to find one and post it now. Uh, Hulk Hogan had a, wore a Trojan helmet back in the uh, late 88, early 89. So the Hulk Hogan, this is, this is, from the magazine here. The Hulk Hogan helmet has to be the most ridiculous thing I've seen in my eight years with this magazine. Okay, Hulk likes to rip his t-shirts to shred and pose after matches and wear bandanas. I understand all that, but there are only two possibilities for the functions of this ridiculous helmet. One, to draw attention, and two, to be used as a weapon. The first reason is sad. With Randy Savage becoming the more popular, ex-champion Hogan becomes more and more bitter. I predict a major Savage Hogan feud in 1989. <laughs> well, we know that happened. The second reason is inexcusable. If Hogan is such a role model, such a real American, why should he have to resort to such a blatantly illegal tactics? I look at Hulk Hogan and see that he traveled, he's traveled a long way since 1984, the, or the 1984 model Hulkster defeated the Iron Sheik for the WWF belt. I don't like where his journey has taken him. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Uh, then they they actually they talk about Ultimate Warrior in this and a bunch of other a bunch of other things. Let's uh uh oh names making news is another another part. They talk about Jerry uh, Jerry Lawler defeating Kerry Von Erich and uniting the AWA and WCCW titles. They talk about Abdullah the Butcher moving over to the NWA. Talk about Steve Doctor Death Williams joining the Varsity Club. Wow, these these are all like classic moments in wrestling. It's it's a lot of fun going through these these magazines. And then you have other stuff like I'm I'm looking at Steve Collins, who I've never heard of winning the Global Wrestling Alliance Junior Champion. Obviously, that guy never made it made it on the <laughs> on the major side. So one of my favorite parts of this magazine is a section called "Where Are They Now." This one had D.I. Bob Carter, who I'm not familiar with, uh, Dick the Bruiser, Baby Doll, uh, Tommy Gilbert. It's pretty cool. It was just an, another article to tell you kind of what's happened to people that have gone off the radar a little bit. They talk a little bit about Rick Steiner here. Uh, news from the wrestling capitals is different matches that have, ha that, that have been taking place. The art, the actual article about Jerry Lawler's warning to wrestling to inside wrestling. If Ronnie Garvin wins my AWA title, I will sue you. <laughs> uh, a message from the Road Warriors to Barry Windham. 
saying, leave Sting alone. He's ours to cripple. Then you had this special analysis by J.J. Dillon on his former tag team that he managed, the Arn and Tully Blanchard, who in the WWF were known as the Brain Busters, managed by Bobby Heenan. It's pretty funny that NWA really didn't have much of a problem talking about other leagues where WWF never mentioned that the NWA ever, ever existed. So then you had one of the funniest articles in this one was an interview with Sergeant Slaughter as he went back to the AWA as you know, a real American gimmick only for two years later for him to become an Iraqi sympathizer back with the WWF. Pretty, pretty funny. It's pretty funny how back then everybody believed it too. Well, somewhat believed it. One of the coolest parts of this magazine, of this edition of this magazine is a one-on-one where they have two people uh, who don't necessarily get along uh, going at it. Obviously, I don't know if it was real or not. It's probably not. It's more of Bill Apter writing something and (laughs) as each one in NWA saying, "Ah, okay, go for it. Yeah, publish it. But back in this at this time, Jim Cornette was the manager of Stan Lane and Bobby in the Midnight Express in the NWA. And Paul E. Dangerously was coming over to the NWA with the original Midnight Express, which was Randy Rose and Dennis Condry. And this is kind of a, a feud between the two of them. I actually have a pro wrestling illustrated with them, all four of the all five of those guys on the cover, too. You know, maybe I'll bring that out next week. So. Or if I can find it, find it quickly, I'll I'll put a picture of it up. So, but that that's pretty funny to to watch that. Uh, let's see. The last thing here is my this next part is my actually my favorite part of Inside Wrestling, and that's the the rankings and. Ch- uh, the official ratings and roll call of champions. So they had a really, really unique way of doing their of doing their rankings. A little bit different than Pro Wrestling Illustrated and the wrestler. So one of the things that happened in this magazine was this was the first time in, I believe it was ten years that the AWA champion was ranked higher than the NWA champion. So the top champion out there at this point was Randy the Macho Man Savage. Oh, yeah. And number two was Jerry Lawler, ranked above Ric Flair. (laughs) Yeah, that was pretty cool. But listen to this. Check out the tag team division, the tag teams at this point. So the the Midnight Express were the NWA champions. Demolition was WWF. Uh, world champions. Then you had the NWA uh, n- number one contenders, the Road Warriors. Pat Tanaka and Paul Diamond were the a- AWA champions. You had the Midnight Rockers, the Fantastics, the Rougeos, the Hart Foundation, Samoan SWAT team, the Warlord and Barbarian, the British Bulldogs, the Rock and Roll RPMs. I mean, the, the tag teams back then were, were really, really strong. So one of the cool things is the where on the cha- where roll call of the champion side of it, they actually have this little asterisk where all the champions chips cha- that have uh, t- changed hands over the past month. And this was as of October 27, 1989. The one, the most important one in here was that Jerry Lawler had defeated Kerry Von Erich 
for the World Class Championship Wrestling title, uniting that in the AWA. At that point, both organizations were struggling, and that was how they tried to keep going for a little bit, little bit longer. They became the USWA. And unfortunately, that didn't last long either, and uh, WWF won, <laughs> for lack of better term. So uh, last thing they had was the, on their last page, it's a blast from the past. This month they had a final ride down Lori Road, and it had Lou Thess against Killer Kowalski from December 12th. 1962. Wow. So what a cool thing. What a cool magazine. Well, that's about all I got this week, guys. And I thank you for sticking around and, you know, want to send a special thanks out to, to Mike and Jimmy for letting me do this. And don't forget to tune into all the rest of the shows on the network. And don't forget to tune in to Monty and the Pharaoh every Thursday at 9 p.m. This is ESO, this is the after show, and I will see you later.